Derek to the uh, North American Egg Spotlight, and uh, I wanted to interview you. you um, you're from Nebraska, and uh, you're from Metis USA, and the host of United We Egg. That's correct. Thank you very much for having me. Yeah, you're welcome. Thanks for taking out some time to be with us today. Uh, it worked out good because uh, we were talking a little bit before where we're, uh, we've got one day left with beans. And fortunately, we can't really start cutting until 10, 30, 11 o'clock in the morning anyway. So we've got <laughs> some time in the morning. <laughs> Perfect. Awesome. Yeah. So despite being in business and a podcast host and you farm, that's pretty cool. Some days, yeah. Yep. <laughs> It can be busy, but some days, yeah, it, it's good though. It's it, it, and everything kind of all ties together, so it it keeps it keep, makes it easy to focus. Right, that's good, <laughs> awesome. So tell us about the podcast. Um, how long have you been in it, and and how's it going? Uh, well, so the, my podcast is called United We Ag. Uh, actually, I, I pulled up my, the website because I, I can't remember when the actual first launch date was, but it, uh, we launched on May 28th of, uh, of this year. So not too terribly long. Um, it's been going really, really well. It's a lot of fun uh, talking to different people from, from all over the world that uh, I would say we probably had about a month of legwork beforehand, just kind of defining or what it was going to be. And I had some people that were giving me some insights at the beginning. And then uh, it, it has kind of evolved to, to be just me and, and really Ryan, um, who I interviewed in episode three as part of the uh, an Ag Oddity edition. So every, every couple of episodes I throw in, an, it's called an Ag Oddity edition, where it's somebody that you know you wouldn't really expect uh so like in his case he's a farmer but he also creates like synthetic pop style music and he's released his oh. own record he's he's like released and produced his own album uh kind of all by himself and it's it's not what you would anticipate a farmer to to do in his spare time but yeah. that's kind of one of the central themes of the show is that there's really no one way for a farmer to look and there's no, not one way for, or one thing for a group of things for a farmer to be interested in. And, you know, we, we are all kind of tied together with our common bond in agriculture, but it doesn't necessarily have to be all aspects of life. You know, there's farmers and people involved in ag come in all shapes and sizes and, and creeds. And uh, that's kind of the whole, the whole notion of what we were trying to do is, is just to highlight that, you know, there's more to ag than just what we see, you know, corn, soybeans, and cattle, which that's, that's the world I grew up in. So I, I mean, I'm, I'm very well aware of the impact of that, but ag is just such a big and beautiful world that so many people are involved in. And, and the more kind of conversations that we can have with, with everybody and, and highlighting a lot of the, you know, the interesting kind of fringe territories of ag that I think the better off we are as an industry. That's, that's awesome. Yeah. And so what's your background? Uh, I grew up, well, uh, I'm from a farm in Eastern Nebraska. And it's kind of funny if I, if I were to show you a, a Google map of the farm that I grew up on right now, it would, it would be a neighborhood. So there's <clears throat> uh, like on the outside of Omaha, there's a kind of a town to the Southwest and a town to the North Northwest called Gretna, Elkhorn and Omaha. And we were kind of right in the middle of all three of those. And so when, uh, when our ground had gotten kind of eaten up by the urban sprawl, I think you call it. Uh, we just kept moving a little bit farther west. And so we've grown corn and soybeans. We used to have some you know, very, very, I mean, I think like for two years we had chickens when I was a kid and we had had sheep for like one season and never really were big on livestock. It's been mainly corn and soybeans. Um, and then 
when I, after I graduated, I went to, to college in Arizona uh, for agricultural business is what my, my major was. So I, I went to Arizona State and I kind of, I didn't, well, I wasn't quite sure exactly when I first went down there where I wanted to go or what I wanted to, to do, but I think it took about a year and a half of being away to realize that I really wanted to be back close. It didn't necessarily have to be like right down the street from dad, but uh, that's the, the way it ended up. But initially when I, uh, when I, the summer between my junior and senior year of college, I was lucky enough to get an internship with Cargill. So I moved to Minnesota, uh, Pipestone, Minnesota, and was a crop scout for a summer. And then that kind of uh, jumped into a job as a, uh, uh, for fertilizer and seed chemical salesman, which, uh, you know, agronomy sales is kind of the, the blanket title for that. And the, the cool thing about Cargill when they were in the uh, crop inputs business is they had uh, the, one of the best internal trainings that you can imagine when it comes to, you know, making sure that all of the, you know, people that are selling the agronomist have technical knowledge on agronomy and it's all the same message. So Cargill's internal training program, both in sales and agronomy was, was unlike anything I've seen anywhere else in the industry. It was very hands-on. It was very informative and they went out of their way to bring in uh, specialists and people like professors to uh, from, from colleges all over the Midwest to, to help grasp the concepts. And, and, and then again, it, it turned us into better, better salesmen, just better agronomists. So that was invaluable uh, as far as I'm concerned, as far as experience goes. And then uh, back in 2012, um, I had the opportunity to come back uh, to the, you know, around the Omaha area and get a little bit more involved with the farm. I, I had a seed dealership into soil sampling. So uh, with that, I was working with a, an outfit out of Iowa and we, I was doing some soil sampling for them and then some for us. And then I'd met a bunch of kind of small businesses throughout Eastern Nebraska and, and was able to offer them soil sampling services where they could turn around and sell it to their customers. I would go pull it and then everybody would make a little bit of money into it. And it was a lot of fun. I got to see, I, I still to this day love soil sampling. It, it sounds, sounds dumb, but just being out in the ranger and you you're seeing every aspect or every part of, of that field. And, and you can tell where the, it sounds odd, but you can tell where the better parts of the field are just from riding the, the ranger back and forth across it. And you can see the residue and where it's, where it's thicker and, and where when you get off, if you're in a cornfield and you get off and you physically are tripping over the corn stalks because they're still so strong on the ground, you're like, this was probably a better part of this field. One of my favorite things to do is I, I listen to a lot of podcasts and a lot of audio books and I would, I would download, I mean, I think my Audible account on, on my phone has got like 200 books on it. Yeah. And I would just plug in a book and it would be 14 hours a day just listening listening to a book from start to begin or from start to end and then and then jump into the next one it was just it was a unique experience you got to be outside and most of the time the weather was kind of in between being too hot and too cold so it was enjoyable and the uh, the more of the analysis side and I was using some software where we were able to take all of the uh, actual inputs from it didn't matter what color monitor you you had if it was red or green or or blue um, and taking all that data and putting it into uh, into a software and then layering your soil samples on top of it so you could really say all right 
what's my yield in my high fertility areas versus my yield in my low fertility areas. And, and then trying to, to draw correlations. And, and basically if you plug real numbers into there with, for corn price and for fertilizer price, but you can start to see, all right, does it make sense? Like is some of my poorer ground is, is the, is it reaching its maximum? Like, it, is it worth trying to go off of just a soil test, a soil uh, soil uh, analysis to try and raise these levels right. or is there something else happening in and these acres where it's just not worth spending the money in and at that time uh you know it was kind of that 2014 15 16 where i mean farm margins were tight i mean they've always been tight but tighter than usual so my my goal was all right well we're doing this with soil samples so now let's bring in planting information and seed data and let's bring in uh chemicals and spray applications and then let's bring in overhead and mm -hmm. how much how much does it cost you to you know to run uh to run your combine mm -hmm. and it just got to to the point where i wanted to build a very comprehensive i want to factor in everything that you're paying down to crop insurance on an acre and put all of that into a comprehensive kind of diagram to show um, what is not, you know, what is my profit per acre look like on a totally intimate level? The, the biggest thing when you're working with data management is crap data in is crap data out. And you can't expect any kind of software. You can't expect any kind of person that doesn't have an intimate knowledge of your farm, who's mm -hmm. maybe sitting three or four States away to really understand all of the different things that are happening on that farm all year long. So is this what inspired the podcast or is it all these thoughts that kind of built up to, you know, you have something to add to this, this world? Well, no, this is just, this is just my background. Yeah. <laughs> I guess a lot of things kind of went into the end of the podcast and, and, yeah. and it, it's funny. Um, so from that, John Deere decided they weren't going to continue with their field connect water probes systems anymore. Mm -hmm. And so the company uh, Meadows USA got brought in to, to take over all of John Deere's field connect business and uh, transition old stations out for new stations. And then I was working with a gentleman who lived in St. Louis, uh, but was uh, based uh, he was from Australia and really, really smart guy, uh, had a doctorate in agronomy and really understood the mechanics of water management and, but I mean, he was covering the entire Midwest and after two years he had quit. And so I was contacting the general manager of this company out in Sacramento to get my stations on and turned on. And one day we were just having a conversation and he starts asking me questions about, uh, so, you know, what, what took you to Arizona state? And I was like, are you browsing my LinkedIn page or something? And wow. he said, well, yeah, he goes, I need somebody in the Midwest. And I honestly think that you would be a good fit. Uh, me and my wife sat down and, and just kind of thought, uh, what this transition could be. And so that's what had spurred me. So now I, that's when I started working with Meadows USA, actually October 1st of this year. So in two days is technically my one year anniversary with Meadows wow, USA. Anniversary. <laughs> <laughs> so what a crazy year well, it's been for your first year. <laughs> it, it definitely has. Yeah. Um, so what had happened with the, with the podcast and how it got going was um, we had a uh, I, I was out one day out in Western Nebraska on the panhandle, kind of when the pandemic was starting and I thought I was being funny. I took a picture and I'm out. I mean, there's nothing but cows for 20 miles in all directions. Mm -hmm. So I put my mask on and I take a selfie in front of one of the, one of our weather stations and I sent it to, you know, everybody all over the world and, and just to kind of be funny. And our GM was like, well, you should put that on social media and found out we didn't really have any social media. We didn't have a Twitter account or Instagram or, or Facebook really. Um, uh, or, I mean, we, we had, they were set up, but nobody had been active on them. 
So uh, he had kind of handed me the, the keys to the social media and the marketing aspect of things. And um, one day we get a call from a gentleman in Michigan and he's, he's using a weather station, one of our Meadows weather stations, and he's saying he can't get uh, something to work. And I'm, you know, we're looking up trying to find the serial number and it's not online. And so our, our CEO kind of gets involved and looks at the serial number. And usually our serial numbers are seven numbers. And this was only like four or something. And Godfrey realizes that this was the station that he had sold like back in 2003. I mean, it's been in the field for 17 years without any problems. Wow. And he's like, I, I, when, I, when I first started selling in the United States, I like drove, flew in and I was just rented a car and driving around selling directly. And... Uh, so it was an apple grower in, in Michigan and he was using the station. And so our GM said, you know, try and get this guy to do an interview. And the whole thought was, we're just going to do an interview, put it on our website, have it be a fun use case. Uh, the gentleman was, was older, didn't, wasn't really into that. And, but we had already kind of talked about this process of getting interviews done and, and starting it. And so I had found a couple other interviews because I was going to have some follow-up ones to do. And, and that's kind of the, uh, the birth of the oh. podcast. <laughs> so it started cool. off. We it were, wasn't we were, like, I'm going to make a podcast. It was, Oh, well now that we're interviewing. Yeah. We're it was, a, yeah. It was like, cool. now that, now that we're interviewing, let's, let's, let's kind of branch out and, and we can still tell some stories about, you know, some of our customers, which there's some, some really fun things that are coming up forward or coming forward. And, and my big thing is, you know, if we're, if we're going to do this, I mean, it, it can't be something that's just, let's talk about metal stations every day. It's gotta be, let's get a wide range. So we pick, we decided on a theme and um, they're very, I mean, to my knowledge, I, I know that they listen because uh, they always make comments across the world of like oh, last night or last week's show was great. And, and um, but as far as uh, actual selecting the guest, it's more of, you know, me and I, I usually bounce ideas off of Ryan, who's my uh, editor and, and co-producer. And, um, but yeah, <laughs> that's kind of how it started. It wasn't just, uh, it wasn't just, oh, I, I, I want to get my, my face and voice out there. So let's start a right. podcast. Yeah. It was more, we, we, we had intentions of, of doing interviews for the website for, for use cases to, to help increase sales. And this is just kind of the natural evolution of things. So, so was, the timing coincided with everyone figuring out what to do with COVID. Did that, yeah. did that align with it? Was that, you know, one of the reasons? Yeah. <laughs> I mean, it, it was definitely, um, yeah, I, I would say we were, we were looking for interesting ways to reach out and get, get our name known uh, when you're Meadows USA. And uh, I would say it was almost a, a blessing and a curse at the same time that COVID happened, a, a blessing because more people were looking into digital. I mean, more people were sitting behind a computer, more people were listening to things, but a curse in that I can't even tell you. I, I think I, you know, the hundreds of thousands of podcasts that started this year specifically. I mean, it, it took like three weeks just to get a microphone. Yeah. <laughs> back in April because they were, everything was sold out yeah. and it was kind of the general thing as well. I'm stuck in my house anyway, so I might as well broadcast myself to the world. And, and yeah. I would say it definitely, you know, there's some that I saw that started up that, you know, I, I joined some, some social media uh, groups, particularly on, you know, Reddit and, um, and discord where it was kind of a resource for how do you get started and, and to network with others. And there's some that have already kind of fallen off. And mm -hmm. I said, we, well, you know, we made it to this, uh, this week will be our 15th episode uh, coming out. So I, I think we're kind of over the hump. It's more of just a routine now. It's not, it's not a, 
uh, a special plan. I've got uh, the the shows and interviews pretty much scheduled until almost January, I would say. Yeah. Uh, and and it's it's fun now because there are people that are actually reaching out and saying, "Hey, we've we've heard the show. Mm-hmm. You know, we, we like the the message, and it's it's not just the the conventional you know agricultural um, you know farm you know Midwestern farmers or or uh, American farmers, even it's people from around the world and mm-hmm. uh, that are doing some interesting things in agriculture. So it's, that's probably the most rewarding thing is, is that when I do get a comment or, or somebody it just takes the, a minute to say, Hey, I listened to your show. I really enjoyed it. And, you know, sometimes that's a family member or a friend and sometimes it's somebody that's completely random. And that's mm-hmm. that, I mean, even, even though I, I mean, I know that there are shows out there with much, much higher viewerships than, than what I've got uh, currently, but it's still fun to, to see that interaction and, and to have people actually reach out and say, Hey, we, we want to be a part of this. So. That's really cool. Yeah. Yeah. So what kind of, what kind of values do you look for in an interviewee? What, what is it? What, who's that person that you're always looking for? You know, I would say it's, it's pretty broad. And, you know, the, the main thing is, is I want to find somebody that can teach us something. Mm-hmm. So I want to find somebody that's doing something, uh, you know, that's either unconventional or uh, involved with education in some way, shape or form. Um, you know, my last episode was, was with Kelly Foreman at the Kodiak Baptist Mission in Alaska. And so she, you know, I want her to, to spend some time talking about, all right, what is it like to run the only goat dairy in the state of Alaska? Right. And like, what is the process of a micro dairy? Uh, because it's, it's, you know, you see, you hear of dairies and, and these big operations. I mean, not necessarily big and small, but she's a one-stop shop where she goes, she milks the goats and then goes directly into the pasteurization process and then goes directly into the bottling. So she, and then like there, she puts the labels on the bottles and then physically walks them to the store to sell them. So, I mean, it's the, the whole micro dairy concept is, is something that, that was kind of new to me. And then also they operate a fully functional preschool, kindergarten, outdoor program that's strictly based on education on animal stewardship and natural stewardship. So uh, I, I always like for there to be an educational aspect of things, uh, even if it's not necessarily, you know, a, a somebody that's, that's used to, to strictly educating Mm-hmm. Uh, I'd say at least half the show is I right, tell us what it is in depth that that differentiates you. I have a, a you know a little three to five minute segment called the farm breakdown right in the beginning where it's take three to five minutes and explain this to me as if I have never heard it before. Right. So uh, like Matt Griggs, I said, explain the process of growing cotton as if I'm somebody that is has never heard of cotton before. Wow. And so, you know, as we're compiling these, Ryan and I are working to have just little five minute clips and, and release them as a separate, you know, I wouldn't say they're their own, their own podcast, but mm-hmm. there'll be platform like that where we'll just have, you know, uh, a five minute inter- introduction to, you know, like Jess Peters was dairy farming, uh, Matt Griggs was cotton farming, mm-hmm. um, Kelly Foreman was goat dairy uh, slash micro dairy. And, and that way, if somebody just wants to know a quick little intro about it, they can go to another resource and have just that little five minute interview, hearing it straight from the people that are in living it. And I love that format too, because, you know, we're, we're from Canada and, you know, we service all of North America, but we don't know anything about cotton. So if they jumped into a conversation and I wouldn't have any idea. So it's nice to break that down too. And, you know, we have how many different crops across North America. So it's, it's really cool that we get to learn about it too. That's yeah. And I really like about your podcast. 
Well, thank you. And yeah, so the, the education part is the, is probably the, that's the main thing that I look at, especially if I'm, if I'm seeking out a guest or if I want to talk about something that's particular, um, I would say, you know, you get, you get trapped in the beginning uh, of wanting to just reach out to the, the, you know, the biggest influencer that you can find and see if you throw a a lot of hooks out to see if you can catch anybody that would be willing to to talk. And, and that, that can be really, really awesome. And that can also be, you know, not so awesome. I, my biggest goal or my biggest direction is I, there are a lot of shows out there that are just, let's bring in you know, this farmer and then that farmer and then this farmer and let you tell your story, which mm-hmm. and that probably makes up 80% of the shows that I listen to. I, I really enjoy that format, but there's a lot of them. <laughs> and, and I really wanted to differentiate from that. So I, I just wanted to, to branch out a little bit more, talk about some more unconventional sides of things, uh, talk to, talk to people throughout the world. We are with Meadows USA. We're, we're technically, we're, uh, our parent company is, is Pestle Instruments. They're based out of Austria and we have subsidiaries all over the world. So with some of my colleagues in Turkey and Australia and Brazil, I've got access to a lot of, you know, international, uh, people to come on and tell, talk about how it is to farm, uh, in their area. Um, I've got, yeah. Some really fun ones coming up here in the future with uh, with some soil soil agronomists from Australia talking about uh, what they do. And, and I think the, the surprising thing that we'll all realize is farming is not that much different anywhere. <laughs> you know, we all we all have the same problems. We all worry about the same weeds. You know, mm-hmm. we all worry about the temper the the weather. Um, you know, it, we might look different doing it. But, and you know, we might have different times of the year that we do things, but you know, we all kind of fight the same battles year in and year out. And there's, there's no sense in uh, saying there's no us versus them when it comes to agriculture. It's, it's everybody's in it together. And, and another thing with ag is it's so diverse that you know, literally anybody can be a part of it. Um, I, you know, there, it doesn't matter if you're a commercial row crop farmer, or if you're a a dairy, if you're a a cattle ranch, if you're a a hay farmer, a a hot pepper farmer in in South Carolina, Mm. you know, it doesn't matter if you're a gardener, you know, gardening is, has been one of the, probably, I would say the the gardening aspect of COVID has been probably one of the biggest positives because me and my son built this big raised bed and he was involved in every process of building it. You know, he helped me hold up the wood. I mean, he was holding up wood while I was screwing it together and helped me fill it up with, uh, with dirt. And it's just kind of like a personal pride thing for him now. So, but every morning it's, let's go check the garden. Let's go check the garden. And he's just really, really into it. And so like that is has been one of the probably the better un, unintended side effects of this whole deal but you know even people that are really into gardening i mean that's that's agriculture you're a part of our community you're a part of our world um so there needs to be just more content as far as i'm concerned that that covers everybody and content that is not just specifically made by farmers specifically for farmers mm-hmm. you know content that everybody can find some kind of appeal and and at the end of the day learn something that they didn't know because, you know, the more we can, the more we can learn, the better off we all are going to be. For sure. <clears throat> Have you had any lows in this time? Like any, any struggles through production or with, you know, finding people or tech? I mean, I would say the, the lows, as far as the podcast goes, I mean, there's been a couple of, a couple of people that, you know, I, I've been really excited for where the interview fell through. There have been times where, it's been a little bit disheartening, but 
they're definitely, I wouldn't say it's been anything that's negative. Uh, I mean, cause I understand uh, it's, it is what it's it is. Crazy life, especially. With <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I mean, and I, I always think of it like this. If something came up and, and I did that to somebody, like I would really appreciate it if they had the mentality of, you know what, you know what, I, I understand things happen. Yeah. And especially, especially in agriculture, it's, it's, everything is always so day to day. So I really try not to, I try not to take it personally and I try not to get mad because I don't know what your circumstances are. And if, if, uh, unless you, you, you know, literally say something, you know, rude to me on social media, which hasn't happened. Mm-hmm. Um, it forgetting is forgetting or, or getting busy. Is, it is what it is. So that would probably be the lows is just, uh, a couple of guests that I was really excited for uh, that just kind of fell through and, but it happens. And yeah. What do you think was your greatest moment so far? My, well, my greatest moment so far, I'm, I'm not sure if I can talk about it yet Uh-oh. because it, it has to, it has to do with, with, uh, with a couple of episodes that are coming out uh, uh, here in the next couple of weeks. But yeah. all I can say is that it's something that uh, it, it ties in two of my biggest passions, I would say, and agriculture is one of them. And, and there's another one. And it was one of those where when I got the email, I was jumping up and down <laughs> and I, and my first call was my wife and I just like screenshotted the email and I sent it to my wife and I was like, in, in like the wide eyed emoji. And, and then I sent it to Ryan and, and uh, I sent it to my brother and it was, it, <laughs> I was just like, Oh, I, I got him. <laughs> and it was, uh, it was, yeah, it was one of those moments and, and it'll, it'll come. I will make sure to send you an email when, when mm-hmm. I have my little promotion ready, but yeah. I've uh, I've learned my lesson not to not to do any promotion until the actual physical interview is done. <laughs> right. Yeah. Because <laughs> <laughs> like, I have I have I have had a, a couple of experiences where I I did a promotion or I I promoted something and then it got pushed back by like three months oh. and I'm sitting here like oh no <laughs> and and so um I would say it that's definitely the best day so far, but also, you know, the, the first launch was awesome because, um, we were, we're, you know, really, really busy writing. You know, I, I try to do a lot of research, uh, before I have somebody on so that I don't sound like a fool, mm-hmm. uh, one, but I also want to, to try and, and, and understand the angle that, that, that each guest is coming from, or, or at least have a knowledge of, uh, of what they do so that we can have an, uh, a real conversation. And so <clears throat> when we first started, it was, you know, a couple of weeks of really intricate, like research into which questions I'm going to ask. And then I launched four episodes. Uh, when I first, uh, first initially launched at the end of May, I launched four episodes at one time. And three of those four episodes were all recorded on the same day. Wow. And so it was, it was really, really fun. It was nerve wracking because it was the first three so it was the first time I was behind a, an audio first time behind a mic and um but it was it was a like a trial by fire I call it and, and it was really really fun and I feel like by the end of the third episode um I definitely felt like all right I, I, I can do this mm-hmm. you know it was I, a lot of the, the jitters had had gone away and and there still is some at the I always we, I, when we start recording or if I have somebody on I I use a platform called discord just because I, I find the quality, if we're not doing video, the quality of, of the audio is a little bit better. And we're, there's always like 15 minutes of just kind of small talk beforehand to get the jitters out because mm-hmm. they, they happen to me as just as much as anybody. So yeah. Oh, that's, that's really cool. Well, thank you so much. 
for, Thank you. for all this. And I can't wait to hear of uh, the latest releases. And, and we're also going to be promoting um, your podcast on NorthAmericanAg.com as well. Thank so, you. Um, yeah, and our launch is October 1st, so it's coming up fast. So. Well, I actually, for, for your launch date, I, we, we're going to go a little off schedule, but I have a couple of, uh, a couple of shows that are, they're just kind of sitting in limbo right now waiting. So I've got a really cool one to launch on the first alongside with you. Uh, and that's with uh, anybody that's familiar with Eastern Nebraska mm-hmm. or, or frequents uh, pumpkin patches. Uh, we sat down with Tim Valla from Valla's Pumpkin Patch, which is uh, one of the one of the premier pumpkin patches in the in the country uh as rated by travel channel i think it's in the in the top 10 in the country and and just a, a little bit about the agritourism business and and how that's evolved i mean 35 years ago he started by selling strawberries and pumpkins out the bed of a, a an old pickup truck and now he's got 450 acres of uh pumpkins and one of the one of the biggest apple orchards in the state of nebraska that just kind of crept up overnight and yeah, like 450 acres of attractions, haunted houses, stuff for the kids, playgrounds. They've got, you know, apple cannons, pumpkin chunkins. They've got campfires. They've got uh, live music, all, all sorts of things. It's just one of the quintessential fall items in this part of the, in this part of the state. So uh, I'm really excited for that. Tim was a great, great guy. I got to, I got to meet him uh, in person after, after we did the interview and uh, they had a kind of an apple picking festival that, my wife and, and two kids and, and I went up and, and took advantage of that one day. So it was very, very fun. And Valas has always kind of held a special place in my heart because we have my birthday is an end, end of October birthday. So growing up, as long as we weren't in the field, every, every like friend birthday party I had was always at Valas. So it's, oh, it's, awesome. it's been one of those things that I've, I've gone there every year and now to see you know, my kids find so much joy in it. Uh, it was definitely one of the, one of the highlights of, of doing this so far was talking to Tim just about what his journey's been and, and how, how, what his unique angle on, uh, on agriculture is from a, you know, a two months out of the year perspective. So, wow. but we'll launch that on the first with you. So awesome. looking forward to That's it. Great. Very good. Well, thanks so much for your time. And it was, it was really awesome getting to know you. Thank you so much. The way we conduct business in agriculture has endured a drastic change. Our handshake industry has traditionally been face to face, but with the cancellation of in-person events and farm shows, everyone has had to adapt from farms to manufacturers to service providers. With a dizzying array of marketing and digital business choices, you need to make the right decisions or risk not being seen at all. If you need advice or a customized plan for your business, don't hesitate to reach out to me at chrissywozniak.com or chrissy.info, because that's easier to spell, C-H-R-I-S-S-Y dot info. Don't risk not pivoting your business. Find the path that will take you into the digital space and be seen by our industry. Fastline Auctions, the ultimate destination for online farm equipment auctions. Looking to list equipment? Fastline Auctions knows farmers, and farmers have trusted Fastline for their equipment needs for over 45 years. With unmatched digital reach and direct-to-farmer catalogs, they can find the right buyer for your equipment. Not to mention, they have the industry's lowest commission rates. And if you're looking for equipment to buy, you can bid with confidence. No buyer premiums, no reserves, just integrity. 
Fastline Auctions, your trusted platform for hassle-free, cost-effective farm equipment auctions. Visit fastline.com for more information. You can join us for a tour of the Fastline Auctions platform July 13th at 6.30 p.m. To register for this webinar, go to northamericanag.com slash fastline hyphen webinar. That's northamericanag.com slash fastline hyphen webinar to register now.